0: Today's reading is from Luke 24, 36 to 53. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is the Gospel of Christ.
1: Oh, good morning. Uh, Wonderful to see you again. Just adjust this for people of uh, particular height. Good. Uh, It's great to be with you again. I was here last week. Uh, Good to see you uh, again today. I'm uh, one of the ministers at St. Saviour's and St. Nicholas, uh, so I'm a visitor here. Uh, Maybe some of you are visitors here as well. Uh, If you are, then uh, we're here together, and thanks to the regulars for having us. Good. Uh, How about we pray, and we're going to look at that passage from Luke's Gospel we just heard. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word... Of Jesus, the word which you've given us that still speaks today. Help us to hear then what you're saying through it. Amen. If someone wrote a story of your life, you'd want it to be worth reading, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want your life story to be called A Boring Life or Nothing Much or a waste of time. You want to be part of an important story, a significant story. I've got a bit of a history of being in rock bands, and if I'm really honest with you, I think part of the attraction and the appeal of of the bands for me was the story thing, being part of a story. I love the music. I I love the thrill of being creative and sharing something beautiful or intense, but. There was this thing about being part of a, a story, being part of something that seemed significant. I remember when I when I was a, at high school, and I kind of believed in God, but I wasn't a Christian. I used to say these little one-minute prayers uh, most evenings. And I think it was, a, I thought I might be able to keep God on side or get some extra blessings or something. Uh, and one of the things I would pray every evening was for my high school band to make it. Maybe I knew we needed some help to make it. Uh, But I think I wanted to be part of something significant. And it seemed like being part of a band that made it would be significant. That's my confession for now. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one, though. Maybe, I don't know whether I'm the only one who wanted my high school band to make it. But I'm not the only one who wants to be part of something significant. Uh, It's something that's kind of in us, being part of some story, being part of something that matters. Well, last week... We looked at the very start of the story, which is told by Luke. Uh, We we looked at the story which was told, Luke told, to give certainty about Jesus. And today, we're at the other end of Luke's gospel. We're coming to the very end of it, the last part of the story. Between what we saw last week and the passage that we just heard read so well before, uh, Luke has told the story of Jesus' life. We've just kind of skipped over that bit. Uh, He's told of Jesus' birth. He's told of Jesus' baptism and and the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Uh, Luke's told of Jesus' journeys around as he uh, taught people and healed and cast out demons, did amazing things. Uh, And then as the story moved towards its climax, Luke shows us that Jesus uh, entered into Jerusalem and he got put on trial. And this innocent one was condemned while a guilty one went free. And then the innocent one is nailed to a cross and mocked. And yet even then, as he's being mocked, he assures a criminal who's dying next to him that this criminal would see paradise. Now Luke shows us Jesus dying and his dead body being laid in a cold tomb. And then extraordinarily, the tomb is found empty on the first Easter Sunday. And that leads us almost to our passage because directly before our passage, Luke takes us on a journey with two disciples of Jesus who met a man on the road to a town called Emmaus. And long story short, that man turned out to be Jesus, the risen king. And then Luke takes us with these two disciples as they rush back to tell the rest of the disciples what had happened, that they'd met Jesus. And that's where we're up to today as we come to the passage we heard read in Luke chapter 24 and at this point all the disciples were together and then verse 36 while they were still talking about this about what happened on the road Jesus himself stood among them and said to them peace be with you and you might think that by now having heard about the empty tomb and about Jesus being seen alive that the disciples would be fairly calm about Jesus appearing to them like this But if you think that, you haven't realized how real this situation was. This is not some fairy tale, some movie, some story made up as a a metaphor for how we all live on in people's hearts after we die. No, look at their reaction, verse 37. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. That's what would happen, isn't it? Understandable. You see someone who had died and you knew it died alive again. You would be startled, it's understandable. But Jesus wants to make sure they understand that he is precisely not a ghost. Look at what he says and does next. It's very, very deliberate, trying to help them understand this very important resurrection reality. Look at verse 39. He says, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. There are two really important parts to this. First, he tells them to look at his hands and his feet. Why? Well, because as they looked at his hands and his feet, what were they going to see? They're going to see. Exactly. They're going to see the nail marks. So they could see that it was truly Jesus. The same Jesus who was nailed to the cross is the one who was standing in front of them now. The innocent one who died so that guilty people like you and I could go free was standing in front of them. That's the first thing. Second, he tells them to touch or handle him. It's a very physical word. And to see him. Why? Well, again, it's right there in the text. As they felt that he was solid and real, they would know that he had flesh and bones this was no ghostly apparition no spirit that you could kind of put your hand through the resurrection doesn't mean a ghosty spirity kind of existence in the clouds like obi-wan kenobi from star wars or patrick swayze in the movie ghost that's not what resurrection is resurrection is what happened to jesus his whole self including his body was raised and the tomb was left empty where his body had been. It was a transformed body. He sort of seems to appear sometimes out of nowhere, but it was him, solid, bodily, flesh and bones. Now the disciples still at this point have trouble believing it, so he eats a meal in front of them. Didn't go straight through me, see? I've got a stomach. Do you see the point that he's making? They were seeing the crucified one, the one who died for them, not some other person, but the one who died for them, and they were seeing him really raised from the dead, physically, bodily, truly raised, having overcome death. That's the resurrection reality he's making very clear for them. And the point that Luke is making by presenting it to us in this way in the gospel is that these witnesses really saw it. They really saw it. Luke's going out of his way. He's going out of his way, Lucas, to show us that these eyewitnesses really saw the crucified one really raised. Yes, it's incredible, almost unbelievable. It goes against our experience of the finality of death. But that's the point. They saw it. They had to be convinced of it. They weren't gullible, and it was absolutely different to anything they'd seen before. They had to be convinced, but they did see it. Now, it's not uncommon to hear people say that the stories of Jesus rising from the dead are just metaphors for a spiritual life after death or or for Jesus living on in the hearts of his followers. But the very point of Luke's account here and the whole thing that Jesus was going out of his way to show his disciples is exactly the opposite to that. Yes, there is a picture of deep reality and kind of mystery, But the reality and the mystery are based precisely on the point that the tomb was empty jesus was really bodily raised from the dead you might ask why am i making such a big deal about this more importantly why does luke make such a big deal about it and why does jesus make such a big deal about it well the key reason here in luke's gospel is that the resurrection reality is what underlies the mission commission that Jesus gives to his disciples? The resurrection reality underlies the mission commission. It's the resurrection reality that connects God's big story to the ongoing story and our stories, as we'll see. So in verse 44, Jesus explains that everything written about him had to be fulfilled. That is everything in God's big story, which you find in the Old Testament. All the things God had said were going to happen to the Savior he'd send. all of that had to be fulfilled. And Jesus sums it all up, very handily for us, in verse 46 and 47. Look at this carefully. Verse 46, he told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, there are three points, three things that Jesus says have to happen here, three things on God's big to-do list. Here they are. First of all, the Messiah, the Christ, will suffer, and then he will rise from the dead, and the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Those three things. Jesus had already made it very clear that two of these things had already happened by the time Jesus is talking to the disciples. Which two? Well, that the Christ had suffered and had risen from the dead. They'd already happened. Jesus made that clear by showing that he was the crucified one, he'd suffered, and that he was really raised. Those two things had happened, and there's only one thing left. His message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins in his name had to be proclaimed everywhere. It's the one thing left. And verse 48, he says to these disciples that are standing there with him, you are witnesses of these things. These disciples who'd seen that it really was Jesus who touched his risen body and knew that it wasn't just a ghost or a vision, they are the witnesses. They saw it. They knew. They could testify to it. And so what had to happen, and what still has to happen now, is their witness, their testimony of those disciples has to go out to all nations as the basis for this message that the forgiveness of sins is found in Jesus' name. Their witness had to go out because their witness is the most important. In Christian circles, uh, we often speak of our witness. And we usually mean by that our testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives and and how we live as a result of what Jesus has done in our lives. That is good and important. We talk about that as our witness. That's good. It's great, vital to see what Jesus does in people's lives today. The way he still changes lives now as he has done for my life and he's done for the lives of many people here. That's really important. But the most important thing is to see what those witnesses back then saw because what they saw is the reason why jesus still changes people's lives today because he died for our sin and rose from the dead because of that and the what they saw our world will never be the same again because he died and rose we have real hope for a future when we can be raised like he was but we only know about that because we have their witness of what they saw of him. Do you ever wonder why we have a Bible? Why we don't just pass on the story of God's work in each of our lives, maybe just have preachers who just preach about what seems good to preach about from what we think about God? Why do we have a Bible? Above all, it's because In the Bible is the inspired witness to Jesus. The message of Jesus' chosen witnesses. We've seen him commission those witnesses today in this passage in Luke's Gospel. And as we hear their witness, which we have in the Bible, as we hear it and respond to it, their story from back then becomes our story. We get to see Jesus crucified and risen for us. Realize that that really happened in our world and it was for us. And we get to repent and take hold of the forgiveness. Repent, turn back to God. Take hold of the forgiveness of sins that we have in Jesus' name because he died for us and rose again. We can know that we are right with God, forgiven for every wrong thing we've done, confident that God loves us and will never forsake us, knowing that death will not be the end for us and we don't have to fear coming before God in judgment we have that confidence because of what those witnesses saw that jesus was crucified for us and rose again for us according to the scriptures and their story becomes our story and we share their witness with the whole world and with our part of the world here in shirley your part of the world at work at school In your neighborhood with your friends with your family their story is our story to share because ultimately their story is his story jesus story a story of the saving of the world bringing forgiveness and release from sin to all who will have it a real solid hope for our broken world that is a story worth being part of it's a story worth being part of will you take up the call to become part of this story here's something that i love we've already in fact been part of this story today this message of the witnesses has been heard again this morning as we read it and we've been thinking about it and we've been part of this story because these This record of the things that the witnesses saw, we've heard it from the gospel. We've considered again what it means for us now. The story is continuing as this message goes out to the ends of the earth. We're part of the story this very morning, this minute. Will you continue to be part of this story? God's story, Jesus' big story. Will you share this story? even for the first time, maybe by reading a gospel with someone. So helping each other to take in more of this story and to see how you can become even more in part of it, more in line with it. Will you continue to be part of this story by coming along each week? Here, as Jay opens up the second part of Luke's story, he's going to be looking at the book of Acts, which Luke wrote to show us what happened after Jesus died and rose again and after these disciples were commissioned. Will you continue to dig further into that story but not only come here but come ready and eager to learn and grow through it? Asking God to help you grow as you grow in your understanding and your, and your belief and your trust in his story. Will you respond to this story by accepting the offer of forgiveness of sins if you haven't accepted it before? Will you find out more of what it means to repent, to turn back to God, responding to the death Jesus died for you and the new life he offers you? Will you keep changing the way you look at your life in light of this big story, learning more and more to see your life as part of this story that God is telling even now? It's such a wonderful story to be part of so much better than being in a rock band. It's such a great story to be part of. The big story of the universe. God's big story. Which he brings us into. Because it's the story of the one who was crucified and raised for us. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that we are able to be part of the big story of the universe that you're telling, the the story that's going on all around us, and we're able to be drawn into that and know we're part of it. Please help us see ourselves as the ones Jesus died for and rose for, and the ones that ha- are part of this uh, mission to share the message of those first disciples who saw and touched and knew Jesus was risen for them after he was crucified. Help us then to make their story our story and to delight in that. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen.